Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. And when the Pharisees heard what Jesus said, they were amazed and went away. Matthew tells us that they were amazed. But what do you think Matthew meant by that? In English, our word amaze comes from a Middle English word that means to bewilder or perplex. In other words, Jesus stunned the Pharisees with his words. He confounded them. He bested them. And since they knew that they had been beaten, they went away ashamed. But in Greek, the language in which the New Testament was written, the word, translated as amazed, carries a very different connotation. Its root is the word for miracle, and it means to wonder or to marvel. The Pharisees were amazed. They marveled. They wondered at what Jesus had said. They were impressed. And because they knew that they had encountered something remarkable, even miraculous, they went away in awe. Because Matthew goes out of his way to let us know that the Pharisees were out to get Jesus, that they were plotting to entrap him, and that they came to him in malice, we naturally assume that what happened between Jesus and the Pharisees was a confrontation from which can only emerge one winner. We, too, are impressed by Jesus' rhetorical skill. And since we know who the bad guys are in the story, we are quick to credit Jesus with a resounding victory. But maybe we should hear this encounter in a different way. In his gospel account, Matthew is fond of the word amaze, using it ten different times. And each time it reveals a moment of conversion. The disciples were amazed when Jesus stilled the storm and when he withered the fig tree, both signs of God's power working through him. The crowds were amazed when Jesus cast out evil spirits, displaying his power over even demons. Pontius Pilate was amazed when Jesus uttered not a word in self-defense. Even Jesus himself was amazed when the Roman centurion sent word that he was unworthy to have Jesus come under his roof, that he trusted that Jesus could heal his servant even from a great distance. When Matthew uses that word, amaze, he does so to show us that something has changed within the heart or mind of a character in the gospel, that something new has been revealed and understood. That's what's going on within the hearts and minds of the Pharisees who came to Jesus in order to trap him, but who went away with something new to think about. Normally, when we read this passage, we marvel at how Jesus was able to wiggle himself out of the impossible spot that the Pharisees had put him in. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not, they asked. But what's so hard about answering that? 
we are told that the Pharisees took some of the Herodians with him, some people who were loyal to the puppet regime that the empire had set up in Palestine. But surely they wouldn't have been surprised to hear a firebrand rabbi talking about refusing to pay the emperor's taxes. Yes, they could have used Jesus' words against him in a legal proceeding, but didn't Jesus come to Jerusalem expecting a showdown with the authorities? What did Jesus have to lose? Why not just say the words that everyone wanted to hear? Why not just say this land was promised to our ancestor Abraham? It's time for us to take it back. I've come to take the throne of David. Let's show the emperor where he can shove his taxes. Why not say the thing that everyone wanted Jesus to say? Because you can't make God's kingdom come by throwing gasoline on a fire, even if you know that you're right. We want to win. The stakes are high, and we want to win. We want to show everyone on the other side that they are wrong and that we are right, and that might be true, but what are we accomplishing by shaming those who disagree with us? What is gained when we even demonize those on the other side? Look instead at what Jesus did. When the Pharisees came to him and asked whether it was lawful to pay taxes, he asked them for the coin that was used to pay the tax. He asked them for the coin because he didn't have one with him but was betting that they would. And when they gave him the coin, he asked them whose head and title was found on it, forcing them to name whose graven image had been kept in their pockets. And finally, He asked them to decide for themselves how they would navigate the theologically confusing world of living under the authority of a pagan emperor, yet refusing to accept the authority of anyone except God alone. Jesus wasn't the only one who had to figure all that out. They did, too. And instead of taking a side, And scoring some cheap points with the crowd, Jesus held up to his opponents the deeper reality that they all faced together. All of them had to figure out how to be faithful to God while doing everyday things under Roman occupation, like carrying around coins and paying taxes. In the end, the Pharisees were amazed. That doesn't mean that they went away converted to Jesus' cause. This kind of conversion, this sort of amazement is more subtle than that. The Pharisees went away aware of something new, with a new sense that even Jesus, this tradition-challenging, authority-questioning rabbi who threatened everything that they held dear, that even Jesus was striving to be faithful to God and that despite all their expectations, he could find a way to invite them to do the same. Are things all that different for us? 
We believe that God's reign has broken through in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. In Christ, God is turning the world upside down, but we can't make God's kingdom come any more quickly or any more fully by throwing shade on our opponents. As sure as we are that we are on the right side of history, we can't make God's kingdom come by besting those who think we are wrong. Instead, we have to let God amaze them. We have to invite them to see that God is at work even in the people and places and policies where they never expected to find God. We have to ask them to consider what it means to be faithful to God in our circumstances, not because we know all the answers, but because we're trying to figure it out together. Imagine what would happen if after engaging in serious political, economic, or theological debate, we all walked away amazed, not converted to each other's side, but converted to the possibility that God is at work in all who seek to be faithful. Give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and give to God the things that are God's. In the end, we can't separate those two, but we can be faithful to God in both. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.